you can find our first reading on page 540 of your Pew Bibles. Psalm 37, beginning at verse 1. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. And our gospel reading can be found on page 22 of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 19, uh, beginning at verse 13. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray together? O Lord our God, grant us grace to desire you with our whole heart, that so desiring we may seek and find you, and so finding may love you, and so loving, may hate those sins from which you have delivered us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So we started this month exploring this series that, we, that we've called The Fruit of the Holy Spirit, looking at how we cultivate in our lives, how we grow in our lives, these different characteristics, if you like, these, these nine segments of an orange. That's how we've tried to say this is the best way to think of them. Think of them as nine segments of an orange, that they're all together one whole bit rather than a a pick and mix bit where you can take a bit of one and leave a bit of the other. And they're described in Galatians 5 and verses 22 to 23. And we said that there there are nine segments. And I said last week that if you were here this week that I'd get you to... um, Tell me what the nine are. So let's just start and we'll go from there. You can have any particular translation. I talked to someone in the week who said that they were 
grown up with the authorized version of the Bible, so they know them in different words. It doesn't matter how you know them. They mean the same thing. So let's start. What's the first one? Self-control. Whoa, well done. That's very, very impressive. So this morning we move on to this next segment, something that we needed quite a bit of this morning. Patience. Anyone here patient? Anyone need some help with patience? I'm so glad that you're honest because I went and had a look at this. Remember when we were here on the first Sunday of the month and we did the lemon tree prayers? And we were saying which particular part may be the fruit of the Spirit that you find difficulty with. I went and had a look at them this morning and I just sort of like thought, let's see if there's any particular one that we might find is a, we might struggle with. What do you think was number one? Patience was, was, was number one. Apparently there are four tests of patience. I don't know if you've ever heard of these four tests of patience. Here's the first one. Interruptions. Anybody get impatient when someone kind of, something comes along or someone comes in at the wrong moment and interrupts you? Or what about, what about this one, the next one? Inconveniences. Those delays that get in the way from the things that we want straight away. Oh, here's the next one. They all helpfully begin with, with I. Irritations. You know, the little things that bug us. And then the fourth one is inactivity, where nothing seems to be happening and we're having to wait. Anyone relate to any of them? So, oh well, the rest of you are just fine, aren't you? So anyway, that's, that's okay. You know, I don't know if it was because I knew that I was going to be speaking on patience this morning, but I've kind of had this sort of like subconscious sort of like warning going on in my brain when I'm kind of thinking, am I getting impatient? So this was Thursday. Day had all been planned out. It was all going really well. I just got to the important moment that I needed to do and I got that phone call. That phone call from me is a call from one of my children. Can you pick me up from school? So it's the interruption of having to go through town and through the tunnel. Anyone had that interruption this week? You're all too hard as parents, aren't you? You'd have told them to get the bus, wouldn't you? Oh, what about this one? This was Wednesday afternoon. You're, you're driving down St. Peter's Valley, which technically at that stage you could drive 40 miles an hour, and you're kind of slowed down by a slow driver, and it's not a tractor. It was a Range Rover. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And then there was Tuesday. Tuesday was this particular test of patience day. You know, like kind of the computer's done this morning. It's just kept spooling. Anyone had that problem with their computer? Well, that was Tuesday. And then when it did work, I couldn't get the Excel spreadsheet to work. And then what else happened on Tuesday? Well, Tuesday, you know when you ring someone up and you want them to call you back and you know that they're not going to call you back because they're avoiding you? That was Tuesday. In fact, they still haven't called me back. And then what else happened on Tuesday? I had to go into a certain mobile phone shop that will remain nameless. And they told me, oh, good. Your first, there's only one person in front of you in the queue. 
40 minutes later, there was still only one person in front of me in the queue. And when I did get seen, it took less than two minutes to tell me what I wanted to do wouldn't work. So that was Tuesday. But I thought I was doing all right until yesterday morning. And yesterday morning, I was in the homemaker, and normally I don't do the shopping in the homemaker. But you know when you, you get it at Waitrose as well, you know you can put your trolley on the tramulator. And you know it sticks to the bottom. And there's no one in front of you, and you can't push the trolley. Well, that was when it just got too much, so I just picked it up. and just walked with it. And then I got to the next level. And I just picked it up again and walked with it. You see, it just kind of got to the end of it. And I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe it was because just I was thinking about patience this last week. I was thinking, well, not what would Jesus do in those situations, but what did Jesus do in those situations? You know, because Jesus got interrupted, didn't he? Jesus had to deal with inconveniences. He had to deal with irritations and he had to deal with inactivity. And how did he react in those situations? Well, let's think about it for a minute. Let's think about when he was interrupted in that first story from our gospel that Rosemary read for us. When the little children were kind of running around all over the place and the parents kept bringing them and saying, bless my child, bless my child. And kind of the disciples were getting a bit irritated by Jesus kept getting interrupted because it was affecting his busy schedule. And yet, what does Jesus say? He says, let them come to me. Let the little children run around all over the place because the kingdom of God was made for people like these. And then I think about when Jesus was inconvenienced. And I was thinking, well, when was Jesus inconvenienced? And then I just thought about when he was tempted in the desert for 40 days by by the devil. And I thought about this and I thought, there he is. He's just had his baptism. He's just about to start his ministry. It's almost as if I'm just about to press the green light. I'm ready to go. And then he has these 40 days of inconvenience and delay where he's tempted and tested by the devil. And then I thought, well, what about irritations? What did Jesus have to say about irritations? And I began to think about that very famous parable that Jesus told, the pearl of great price, where, where he said that sort of like, kind of like that pearl is created by an, that what is an irritation for the oyster. And it made me think maybe this morning, I wonder, could it be that Jesus wants to produce something in in our lives at the moment that might be of some great value in the future, but at the moment it's an irritation for us and we're just having to learn to be patient. And then I thought, well, what about inactivity? What about when, when Jesus just played the waiting game? And I thought of that encounter in John chapter 7. Where, where the disciples kind of want Jesus to go to the next level. It was fine doing miracles, and it was fine doing healings in Galilee, because Galilee was a bit of a village backwater. But now, Jesus, it's time to go on the big stage. The feast, one of the biggest feasts in the Jewish calendar, is coming up in Jerusalem. So come and sh- do your stuff there. Bigger stage, bigger audience. And yeah, what does Jesus say? He just said, my time has not yet come. Over and over again, Jesus just demonstrates this ripe fruit of patience because God is patient. 
God is patient. You know, if we were to get into a helicopter and go over the whole of the biblical landscape and just survey the big picture of the Bible, we see over and over again how, how God just lives out that, that verse of that song that we've just sung, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. You know, if we just, just think of a few brief, brief snapshots, some of these you might know, some of them you might not. But the days of Noah, where God was just patient over and over again for decades with the extreme levels of depravity of humanity, we could take Moses. Take Moses with the burning bush. Or we could then say how patient God was with the Israelites as they wandered grumbling for 40 years in the wilderness. We could take the era of the judges where they just go on this roundabout life. And he's just patient with them over again. Psalm 103 was penned by King David. Perhaps if you know anything of King David's life, you'll know of he knew how patient God was with him. Then if we move into the prophets, we could think about the prophet Jonah, couldn't we? God was patient with him when he ran the other way from where God wanted him to go. And then he was patient with, with Nineveh, this kind of den of iniquity place that it was. And then Jonah gets angry at God for being so patient with Nineveh and forgiving them. Or we could take Jeremiah who pleaded for 40 years for the people of God to, to repent and God patiently waited. We could move into the New Testament and, well, we've seen Jesus, but we could, we could pick other stories. I mean, he surrounded himself, didn't he, with, with a group of people whose one success, we could almost say, was failing. And yet he was patient over and over again. And we read in the Scriptures in 2 Peter 3, how God is still patient now. How he's still patient now, holding back Jesus' return until, and the full realization of the new creation, waiting for more and more people to repent. And those words, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in, in steadfast love, if we're honest. We know that's true in our own lives. I mean, I do. And when we look at this word, patience, what we find is it, it's translated in English translations in two ways. If you grew up on the authorized version of the Bible, you will find that it's often translated long-suffering. Whereas if you have a more modern translation of the Bible, you'll find that patience is often replaced by the word forbearing. And you need both. You need both of those meanings to grasp what we're to get to when it comes to patience. That patience is long-suffering. That ability to endure for a long time, whatever opposition, whatever suffering may be coming our way and we just persevere through it, however difficult it may be. We don't kind of want to get our own back if it's kind of like in a situation like that where it's some sort of opposition, or we, if it's some sort of suffering where we just have some sort of physical or mental ailment, we just, 
a patient through that affliction. It's where the, the phrase, the patience of Job, originates from, who suffered more than any other. And you know, I don't know about you, but I, I know people like that. I know people like that who, who are in our church who are going through experiences like that right now. Where they're just having to be patient in their affliction. And you know, maybe they just do it when I talk to them, when I visit and they put the rector face on, but I don't think so. And they just produce this ripe fruit of patience in such difficult circumstances, perhaps the most difficult circumstances that they've faced in their lives. That's patience in terms of long-suffering. But we have patience in terms of forbearing. It's a bit different. There's nothing like living with people to learn patience, is there? There's nothing like being in a, in a community, whatever type of community, to know that, to learn patience and forgiveness because it's, forbearing is about putting up with the weaknesses, isn't it? The foibles of others to show forbearance towards them. Kind of like without getting irritated or, or angry with them. And that's why if you were to look in the New Testament and you, you were to do a Bible study yourself and look at every different word, every word where patience comes up, you'll often find quickly straight after it, it's the word forgiveness. It's this choice that we make when we choose to forgive someone rather than holding a grudge against them if they've wronged us. Or when we overlook something that was maybe hurtful towards us. And if we were to get in that helicopter again and go on that ride again and this time survey the landscape slightly differently and look at this whole area of patience and biblical characters who demonstrated this high level of patience, this patience in terms of the fruit of the Spirit to such a, a great level, we'd find that it's linked to the theme of waiting. The classic example is Job, the guy who, who suffered more than any other in the Bible, who was afflicted in so many ways, who learnt long-suffering through his sufferings, but he also learnt forbearance as well because he had to put up with and he had to forgive his so-called three best friends and all that they said to him. But you could take Noah again, Noah who waited 120 years for the rain to come. Abraham who waited 24 years to become a father. The Israelites who waited 400 years for slavery, in slavery in Egypt. And then 40 years in the wilderness. And if you think about that, that whole area, that was the reason why Moses didn't enter the promised land. Because he couldn't be patient with the Israelites and he kind of took things and he just got impatient. And that was the reason he never entered the promised land. And then for centuries, the people of God, over and over again, they waited. They were waiting for a Messiah to come. And then when Jesus came, they didn't recognize him. I read this week that someone has calculated that 43 times in the Old Testament, the people are commanded to wait, to wait for the Lord. And it's not just an Old Testament thing. Think about it. What did Jesus say? 
just before he, he ascended, he said to the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And we still wait now, don't we? We still wait now for the full realization of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And what were the last words in the Bible? You know, you could, you could look at it, turn to the very last page, and what you'd find is these words. The one who testified to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. And so why, why this emphasis on patience and waiting? And often it is because of this, that often it's what God wants to do in our lives that's as important as what we're waiting for. And so what I want to leave you with this morning is this, is this, is this model this model that we can take home and apply to our, to our own lives. I was reading Psalm 37 earlier in the week, and as I was reading it, the, the words kind of jumped off out of the page to me. And so I just leave you this morning with this, with this five-step model of how to train wisely, if you like, in this area, how to produce this rich fruit of patience. Here's step one. It's in verse three. You can follow it if you want, either on the handout or follow it from Psalm 37 on page 540. And David writes, trust in the Lord and do good. That's step one. You know, patience is only produced through that trust in the Lord, through that continual trust in him and doing good that he is faithful to us during those long times of long suffering and forbearance it can't be produ- it can be produced by willpower but that's not patience in terms of the the fruit of the holy spirit it's by trusting in god because it's his fruit of the holy spirit trust in the lord and do good here's step 2 in verse 4 take delight in the lord Patience is only produced when we delight in the Lord. When we're deliberate in our focus being on Him and not on any of the circumstances that we're facing. You know, if you think about the most famous chapter in the New Testament where Paul says, love is. And the first one is, love is patient. You know, when we deepen our love For God, patience is the result. Here's step three. Verse five, commit your ways to the Lord. You know, you can't produce patience by being passive, can we? It requires some effort and strength and stamina. As as Paul would say to one of the churches, he mentored the church in Colossae, he said, patience is like putting on clothes every day. That's what you have to do. As he would say to another two of the churches, the church in Ephesus and Thessalonica, he said this. He used the word, urge them to be patient with, with everyone. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight in the Lord. Commit your ways to the Lord. And here's step four. Be still before the Lord in verse seven. I don't know about you, it's very difficult to be patient when you're in a hurry, isn't it? Very difficult. 
patience is something that's created through stillness. And that's so difficult for, for a lot of us today because we're conditioned to multitask. In fact, success is often driven by how many tasks you can do at the same time, which, if you think about it, is the antithesis of what Jesus said success was all about. And patience is produced by being still. Still before the Lord. Still in our souls, waiting that His timing is perfect. And then step five is this. Verse eight. Refrain from anger. Do not fret. Whatever else, don't get mad. You see, patience has a lot to do, doesn't it, with how much we can bear or how much we can carry. And we often say, don't we, that we've just ran out of patience. And when we do it, we're kind of saying this, I just can't bear it anymore. And it kind of erupts, doesn't it? It's why we always need to be quick to forgive when we feel wronged or if someone has hurt us in any way. And it's why we, we never hold a grudge because if we hold a grudge, all that means is our anger has just led to resentment, which is far worse because it's just fatal for our souls. And so I want to leave you this morning with this, this picture on the, on the back of, of that handout there. It's a picture of kind of like from a trapeze of the flyer and the catcher and I think it teaches us something about patience the story comes from a, from a man called Henri Nouwen Henri Nouwen was a, was a Dutch priest he was a theologian, he was a professor as well and his life was transformed he had this very very good excellent, almost acclaimed academic career. And kind of midway towards the end of his life, what he decided to do was he just shifted and he went away from that and he went and became the pastor of a community of people with learning difficulties. And he went and lived with them in Canada. And it taught him so much about how to live the, the fruit of the Spirit in his life. But in one of his books, Later in Life, he tells the story of how he, he befriended some trapeze artists and how he would go and watch these trapeze artists in, the, in, in their circus. And he noticed how there was this special relationship between the flyer and the catcher. If you think about that for a minute, if, you, if you're the flyer, you want to have a special relationship with the catcher, don't you? Just think about it. And he said that at that moment, when the flyer is swinging high in the air, when he's almost like suspended in midair, that's, if you like, a bit like what it means to produce patience in our lives. He's let go of the trapeze. He can't go back to the trapeze. But what he noticed was he can't get all panicky. He can't rush about and so on from there and get all frazzled and fret. He's got to wait for the catcher to catch him. He can't try and grab the catcher. He's got to wait for the catcher to catch him. And while he's just suspended in midair, he must wait for whatever, how long it is. And it's not that long, but he just... It's what it means to practice patience. 
that we're waiting. And as we wait and as we're suspended, if you like, we've just got to trust God. We've just got to delight in Him, make Him the catcher of our, our focus. We've got to commit to Him and just be still. And whatever else do, never fret. So as we go from here, may we learn to practice this ripe fruit of patience in our lives. Let us pray. We're using during this series this prayer. And maybe you've, you've taken a copy of it and maybe you're praying it like me each day in your life. But I use that to close our time of prayer now. Heavenly Father, we pray that this day we may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, we pray that this day we may take up our cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, we pray that this day you will fill us with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.